0: all those things and so much more just grab a seat in the chair with the floor sit back relax recline while she drops another casual line
1: you're tuned into casually molly
0: with molly and bergie
1: Thank you. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Uh, again, just a friendly reminder or to new listeners, welcome. We are based here in St. Louis, Missouri. We cover all comedians, artists, entertainers, you name it. And thank you again for anybody who's been listening on our streaming services or watching on YouTube. Just make sure to casually like, listen, and subscribe. But speaking of fun things, uh, I just wanted to welcome, he is a St. Louis entrepreneur, uh, just one of the favorites here in St. Louis and keeps the city going. <laughs> Give it up for By Jacks, John, Beebe, everybody, or as I like to know, <laughs> no one call him <laughs> the Beebs. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, so for people who are listening in, you know, normally we cover, which, I mean, let's just put it this way. You are very entertaining, obviously, but um, you are the entrepreneurial spirit behind By Jack, which is the, uh, clothing brand here in St. Louis that's attached to Midcoast Media, where we record our podcast. And I've seen John back there, I've looked at all his stuff, and I say back, meaning just behind this wall if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've known John for a while now, and I was like, hey man, you got to sit and talk with us about all your things that you do, because he, I feel like you're always very modest about all your accomplishments. Am I wrong on that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the most modest person I've ever met. Uh, no, I mean, I've just done, I started by Jack as a, as an add on to another company that I was running. And then <clears throat> when my time kind of came to an end at that company and I wasn't really working there much longer, I was kind of like, I just want to carry on this merchandising thing. So started up by Jack as a, as a totally new entity mm-hmm. and that was in Southern Illinois. And then we ended up moving it up to st louis and it started in my front living room and it was always just this like oh yeah we can kind of just do this and then it kind of built and built and built and then we merged into mid coast media with both chris and beth and then we got an office space and then it was kind of like oh this is actually a thing now that we're doing and it kind of built from there and now we're we have a small warehouse i guess would be the, the best way to describe <laughs> it rather than so it, yeah it was literally we were in like a, an office block before so it was like we're not really like full production and then it moved into that so um yeah i to me it's just it's not something that i kind of like run around and rave about it's more just it's fun like we I, like I always kind of sit there with my wife and my wife works for a pharmaceutical company and I'm like, Oh, you're like saving lives. What did I do? I printed some t-shirts today. (laughs) So it's like, I kind of know where I am on like, you know, big events and things like that. Like we're the merch people and we like, I enjoy that position on it because there's, not a huge amount of responsibility apart from show up with merchandise and sell it
1: absolutely no well I I do admire everything that you do because my dad I don't know if you know this he actually used to work in apparel for many years so I am familiar with the um kind of process that goes into it and whatnot and obviously now that we're you know this was in the 90s when my dad was in like early 2000s when he was in apparel but you know and now in 2023 I'm sure a lot has changed uh, but let's talk about speaking of background what brought you to st louis were you always in apparel or how what, what brought you to our city basically
0: so, <laughs> why I, are you here <laughs> so it started uh i still run a company in the uk uh which is based in live events oh, so. and so
1: you're from the uk not I'm to fl- interrupt yeah, sorry. what no no what which part are you from
0: so mm-hmm. i grew up as a kid in nottingham and then, which is about two hours north of london yes like right in the kind of shadows of nottingham castle where the whole robin hood thing went okay. on yes yeah, probably distant relatives
1: oh um, wait <laughs> i'm sorry i love and this is like i don't know if this is just a british thing but i love how you just glossed over that you're like you know robin hood and i we might be distant relatives <laughs> we're not sure
0: well i i also don't know that was Robin Hood real? I don't know. Right, who it's knows? Like, right, it's all right. Kevin Costner <laughs> is Robin Hood. That's fine. So.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no. So I grew up there, and then uh, went off to boarding school, and then kind of just traveled a lot after that. So went to, like, moved up to Glasgow in Scotland, where I went to university. Then moved to New York for like six months.
1: Oh, that probably was a big change, coming from, from you know the other side of the world to New York City. What was that like?
0: Uh. I had zero plans. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to change the world. Six months later, I was on a plane, no money in my pocket, on the way back to the UK to be like, oh, okay. And then I moved to Edinburgh from there, uh, where I lived on my friend's couch for another six months, just like smoking weed every day. Just, And my dad was super proud of me at this point. He was like, yes. <laughs> and he basically was like, can you just sort your life out? So I was like, yep. So I moved back in with my dad in Nottingham. Then I got a job in London. And that's what took me into like corporate like award shows and events and things like that so worked at that company for about three years and then we me and one of the guys that worked there started our own business and this led eventually where we were like okay we're we enjoy doing this but it's you know it's bread and butter money like it was just it wasn't really kind of pushing us so we decided to like build up an investment fund to go and invest in another small business Um. Which we then invested in a video gaming company in southern Illinois and then which was all based in events. We wanted to do the event side of esports. So we looked at that and then part of that company was merchandising. Mm -hmm. And I'd always thought like, Oh, I could do like funny t shirts and I'm pretty sure everyone's thought this like, (laughs) Oh, I should do like make funny t-shirts. Right. Turns out I had two funny t-shirt ideas. (laughs) But when you're in that industry you need to start like using other people to like you know build up you know let's pay the rent pay the bills because right no one wants to buy your one funny t-shirt and how do you market that side of stuff so we ended up starting by doing local business which was high school you know sports teams and things like that and it led us to the backbone of what buy jack is now which is people would come back and say well i need one more t-shirt so as your dad would know like screen printing Uh you're resetting everything up and things like that so I was like there's got to be a better way to do this and it was all digital so Mm -hmm. we went into digital printing which allowed us to produce stuff like on demand at no extra cost so someone could come back six weeks later and go I need one more t-shirt and we would have all the art files print one more for them at no extra cost and then I hit like a concrete ceiling. I was like, "There's only so many T-shirts you can print in a town of six thousand people." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Where, where do I want to go from there?" And rather than like pick anywhere in America, I just went, "What's the closest city?" Which was St. Louis.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And so mm-hmm. I moved
0: to St. Louis, shut down everything in Southern Illinois, all of our workforce, everything. Moved everything to like I said, my living room, and then was like, "Now we wait." <laughs> right and i didn't again it was kind of like i'd never really just gone and started like like business to consumer like mm-hmm. how do you start to build this you know out so it was very much just like okay we're going to go and do i think they still do it like 1 million cups uh-huh like the coffee get together where businesses go in and yes. do that sort of stuff so i went to things like that and that's where i started to meet people that what i realized was all these startup businesses the one thing in common was merchandise like Everybody needs their mugs or T-shirts or whatever else. Very true. So it's like, ah, oh, let's start doing that. So we started off small <clears throat> doing that. And then that led us into the music scene. Then the music scene led us into multiple different things because everyone in the music scene seemed to have nine other jobs. And they were like, oh, my building <laughs> company needs this and this and this. And I was like, yep, that's fine. And then that's when I met Chris Denman. Yes. And then mm-hmm. that kind of exploded into podcasting. And then I met Beth through Chris. And then we all came together around the time of Lou Fest. Yes. And then we were like, we all have three very unique kind of talents that we can put together. And that was when Mid Coast Media kind of came up. And Jack's now stayed as its own brand underneath Mid Coast Media and right. repping people like paulie shaw from mtv to michael yo who's Mm -hmm. a stand-up comic um katie
1: tupin i saw her too yeah Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. and then we do other businesses around town like slso the shakespeare like shakespeare in the park um or the shakespeare festival um and then also just multiple businesses and stuff like that so it's this kind of bizarre thing of like when people say well who do you work for and you you don't know in St. Louis, should you say we work for the symphony or should you say poorly sure? <laughs> and it's like you have to make that decision pretty early on in the conversation. But-
1: well, I, I think that's good though, not to interrupt you, but I do think it's good. And what I'm impressed about with your branding um, and to give a background, like I had mentioned probably earlier in the podcast, Midcoast Media is where we record this podcast. We're in the studio right now, and By Jack is just literally right next door. And that's how, even in the old building, that's how I met you. And you know, John has, like, this great wall of assortment. So anybody that would come in, I do appreciate that. You've got, like, you know, the soccer stuff that you were advertising, mm-hmm. sports. And what I have to give to you is that you've got a hand in everything. Like, you are obviously, like, Polly Shore, big name, Michael Yo, big name, even Katie Tupin. She's very talented singer, mm-hmm. songwriter. You've got all these bigger names that are in the uh, repertoire of things you do. But what I do appreciate is that you stay true to your local roots here in St. Louis and help out other people as yeah. well. So I guess like my question for you is how do you balance all of that between like the bigger clients that you might have and then also like the local clients that you have as well when you're structuring your time and balance and going in between both?
0: <laughs> uh, the comedic answer is I, I don't balance it at all. It's, <laughs> it, it is long, long days of yes. just what, and trying to prioritize. It's something that I'm terrible at of like, it's just what's at the forefront of my mind or like literally I wake up and there's a text message and I'm like, right, I've got to get on with that. Um, But the reality is, is like, I try and treat everyone as equal as, you can
1: and that's the answer i was looking for <laughs> thank you john you, fell right into the trap equality you, i love it <laughs> you,
0: you try to but actually it's not really about who who is more important it's what deadline is more important exactly so for instance uh like katie Tupin the other week launched her tour yes and we I needed saw that. to yeah and we mm-hmm. needed to like update all of her tour merch and tour posters and things like that so that might come over someone that's you know a bigger name, or you know if someone's got an event that's a no. You know when I mean a nobody, I mean just like it's a a family event. It's not got any notoriety that we would ever promote, but it's this weekend. That's more important than poorly sure doing something in three weeks' time. Mm-hmm. So it's more it's deadline driven more than you know popularity or something like that. And the other thing you realize very quickly. And I'm sure you've you notice it as well. Working with any level of celebrityism is everyone's just a human, yeah. <laughs> and you realise that very quickly, and you're like, actually, it doesn't really matter. I'm just talking to another client. Exactly. So as fun as it is having a phone call with Paulie or Katie or you know the one of the directors at SLSO or new business or anything, the reality is it's like it's another client, and that client is as important. Once you've got them in your Kind of wheelhouse you're just trying to make sure that like you keep everyone as happy as you can Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know in any small business like things get like slipped through the net and you just have to try and work with people on that and say we will do better and, and build that up, so.
1: Absolutely, and that's what I wanted you to t- highlight because obviously the resume and the repertoire is super impressive, but that's what makes you probably so, I mean, and not probably, it does, John, is that you do, you are very flexible on, you know, trying to make everybody happy. I know because sometimes John will pop in the studio about before I'm about to like interview somebody just to say hi, and he's like, oh, one moment, I have to like go talk to a client real quick, and then he comes back and talks to me, and I was like, you know, I really appreciate uh, that balance. And, you know, speaking of balance, too, you know, you've got all these other interests as well. Like, I know you've been behind the camera, too, (laughs) and podcasting and whatnot. Uh, Now, how do you, I guess, with merchandising, how do you correlate that with podcasting and all your other endeavors? Because I feel like you do a really nice job of making all of that work hand in hand.
0: So the company, so Midcoast mm-hmm. as a, as a whole is we, we very much have three separate lanes. So Beth does the marketing and PR stuff for, and that's how I met Paulie was through like Beth and sure thing. like Dave Keckner from the office and anchorman and stuff that came in through, through no, you know, working with Beth and then Beth saying, Hey, they really need help with merchandising or they're unhappy with their merch provider. Can you help out or anything like that? Then... The like flip side of it is you have um, like Chris as well who you know brings podcasts in like you and then you end up just when people are consistently in and then they kind of come back and grab a, a coffee or water or whatever, they're like, Whoa, you're working on this or that or whatever conversation spark and then people are like, Oh, I need this. Like it's a proxy thing at that point. And so I'm very lucky in our like sales funnels come through just them being able to use us and say hey can you throw a store together for this or can you have this conversation and advise someone and sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it's like hey we could do this 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 and it doesn't fit within the realm of what they do but we've like buy jack's never been a hard sell like it's never been a you don't do this do that like i always want to think that whatever someone needs we can fulfill that section of their needs so if they're like hey i love taking sharpies and like drawing on t-shirts and selling them it's like cool we're not going to sell that for you but if you want something else that you know is built within that we can provide that for you we could build your store for you we can help you out and it's about fitting into and being malleable to fit in rather than saying this is what we do and if if it doesn't fit with your business model either change your business model or use someone else Mm -hmm. and being able to say like so katie was the first person that we did fulfillment for. Oh,
1: Katie Tupin? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So Again, she, great, talented person. Yeah. yeah. So she <laughs>
0: literally, she, we were talking about it. And I was always joking with her, being like, you know, why, you know, why will you do podcasts and this and that? Like, but you won't ever do merch with us. And I was always, you know, it's always lighthearted stuff. And then she was like, well, you need to be able to sell all my vinyl as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, fine. We'll, we'll do that. Like, if you, we'll figure out how to sell your vinyl if you move everything over. So we finally got her on board and then a palette, like, I mean, I didn't know how many vinyl records showed up, but it was at least 40 boxes of vinyl. I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to store this. And a lot of that is is that, like, and any small business owner will be like, oh, you just say yes. yes. And then you freak out when it actually happens <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, right. Um, So it's like stacking up, you know, mountain high, you know, vinyl records. And then Katie comes into town and we do, you know, signings and things like that. So, sure. but it's about, And Katie and I agreed, like when we went into business together would be, I'm going to do, you know, anything that I can to help you out. And then you can help us formulate what's good for musicians, because I'm not a musician. I don't know what's important to certain musicians. So if she can inform us of how to do things better, then it means that we can go to another musician, say, this is how we work. And they're like, that's great. That's great. That's great can we change that and then you're con it's constant like evolution of the business mm-hmm. rather than being like i'm setting my ways and this is how i'm going to do it and it's really nice having fresh eyes like from clients to people that work with us and even just other people that can come in and say i change it i change this if you could and things like that so yeah, it's it's really nice. And I think it's quite refreshing for people that work with us because they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that I could tell you. And I'm like, no, no, please.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a collaborative process, in of a course. sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can
0: tell us what we're doing wrong, that's so much easier. I'd rather keep you as a client and you tell me what's wrong than like you just be like, oh, that was great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Especially like, that's what I appreciate with this, the collaborative process of it is that, you know, people don't realize too, like there is such a back and forth between the client and then also the merchandiser Mm. of being like, here's the image that I want to set and that I want to sell. And then you kind of have to fulfill those things. But then also of course too, if you don't necessarily see eyes, just like you said, you can like you know, tweak the business model, Mm -hmm. see how it works. And I wanted to highlight your business, too, because, you know, we do have comedians uh, who listen to this podcast, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even me being a comedian myself, I always look into merchandise. And I've done, like, before I even knew you existed, I did, like, mugs and stuff. And there's a lot of, like, trial and error. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, you know, for comedians that are listening, what would be, like, speaking of a business model, let's say they come to you, just like you were talking about Katie Tupin, and they're looking just to even look for a shirt design and whatnot, I think sometimes the question can be like, how many do you get at once? Mm -hmm. And like, what is like the cap that you should get? Because I feel like a lot of times people get too little merchandise or it's not as creative or they get so much that they don't have the amount of sales maybe they would want for starting out until... And then also like when you think would be the good time to start merchandising yourself, if you think that, uh, I know it's kind of a loaded question, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so I think the, the first thing is, is like there's a difference between selling online and selling in person. Sure. And so like selling in person, what people are really doing is, when you're at a show and you've been on stage and then you go out to the foyer and you're in the bar and you've got your, you know, pack, stack of shirts there, you don't have to be a headliner to sell a shirt. Right. So it's like, well, Sorry, what I mean is you don't have to be a headliner for people w- to want to buy a shirt.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And what really, the way I've always described it to my clients is people are paying and people will pay $25, $30 to get five minutes of your time. And they're not going to come up to you and just start talking when there's something to buy in front of you. So they will come up and they will purchase something as a talking point and then to show they're like, hey, I'm I'm supporting you as much as I can and things like that. When to start merchandising, I think when you've got, for comedians specifically, Mm -hmm. when you have a joke, in my opinion, that people will repeat back to you. I agree with that. So, for instance, I had a meeting with Tina Diebel last week.
1: Oh, she's great. We've had her on the podcast. She's been plenty of my shows. Big fan. Love her.
0: (laughs) And like her, she has a live, laugh, love joke. She does, yes. And so I said what would be funny is because you obviously can't sell a live laugh love stuff well you could but the whole point is she doesn't want to sell it so i was talking and it's it's a difficult thing as well because i'm not a comedian right so i don't like i've got like i think a humorous mindset but it doesn't mean that jokes will land or anything like that so i'm very aware of telling comedians like what's funny what's not funny but i was like i know that's a bit that you do you know in your set so I concept it out like what if we took that joke and, and turned it into a piece and I'm not gonna spoil it because I want her to be able to right, promote exactly. it. But oh, like, and that makes total sense. What if yeah. we can take that and turn it into something that you can sell mm-hmm. and put and build into your your joke routine? And then when people come out, they've got that joke fresh in their mind, they see it on the table, bang, I want one of those. And then the store is, if she ever runs out of it, she can point people to the store. She can promote the store on social media and things like that. So the point that i would say a comedian is good to start doing that you know start building a kind of merch line is when you've got that the set jokes that are like your your standard that you you know are like home home head home run headers and then i think how many like here's the best part about it is like if you've got a huge family like all your family are buying your merch no matter what just don't let that set the precedent for, like, oh, I sold out all my merch. I'm going to double it next time. It's right. like, find on demand printers. So, like, you, I mean, ByJack does it. Obviously, like, we build stores for people. An order comes in, we print a piece of merch and we ship it for our clients, and they take, you know, their royalties from us selling for them. There are other companies that do all of this Printify, Printful. There's a million. Yes. The downside to them is you have to build your own website so like you're paying 30 dollars or so a month to have a store that they link into and That's all that true. sort of stuff mm-hmm. so we don't charge for our stores so our stores are done that you come to us and we make money when you make money as long as we can do that i will keep that as a as a thing it allows the, it's the first stepping stone into the merch world and we always want to allow people a low barrier to entry so that they don't have to pay us well here's 200 dollars for us to build a store for you and and then you've got to start making money so our aim is to try and give those stores to people for free so that they can start their own store and then see sales come in now if we don't sell anything for 6 months we'll have a conversation where it's like oh of course either you okay. need to promote this or maybe it's not the right time for you and then like we'll we'll put that as a dormant store and we can reopen it later on but i think like the amounts that i would do if you can find a local like print on demand service is ordering maybe two or three of each size but like this i've done music festivals where we've gone where there's been you know 20 30, people and we've only sold you know no more than 10 of each size mm-hmm. now what i would say is if you can get three of each size of shirt when your mediums run out you just restock your mediums you don't go, okay, well, and that's where the screen printing side of stuff is a little bit different. Yes. Well, you have to have a minimum of 25 shirts. And then what 25 shirts are you going to get? Has this worked? And that's the other benefit to the online store is you can start to see what people are ordering from that store to then give you a better directive of, all right, most people like design A, not design C, D, E, and F. And the only other thing I would say is, like, keep your catalog as, as small as you can because there is this thing of paralysis of choice that, and I get it all the time, I get onto Amazon, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna buy that, and that, and that, and that, <laughs> okay. and that, put everything in my cart, and I'm like, oh, yay, and then I'll go make a coffee and forget about it. Yes. So it's, it's that thing of if you have 28 items on your store, people are scrolling, and they're like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, and then they go, and they lose interest. Whereas if you only have, to start with, three or four items, it pushes people into like, okay, well, that's the ones that I want to buy. Mm. And it's it's not a paralysis of choice in that situation. See,
1: and that right. is so educational to hear. And now I can understand too behind the building and what, because I always knew a little bit about how your process worked and what you did. But yeah, it's definitely informative to comedians, especially where they're at the point of their career, like Tina, mm-hmm. um, who are touring and traveling and doing all these great things. You know, eventually people are like, oh, well, you know, I really enjoyed seeing like somebody like Tina Deval and I, I want to make that memory and I want to buy some, I mean, and especially like I've done it too. If I go to a concert and I have a great time, I'm like, you know what? I wasn't planning on buying a shirt, but I had the best time. So I'll spend $25. And then I like, like I have a hoodie even from a 98 degrees concert I went to like (laughs) five years ago, but you know what? It was so fun. My friends all bought it together. And so now we have like pictures of us and that's as silly as it sounds like that t-shirt or that hoodie or whatever was from that time and from that concert, so it's something that not just like me, but my friends can share together, which is why I feel like apparel and merchandising and what you do is so important um, as a part of branding and marketing, not just for comedians, but for musicians, songwriters, sports, uh, which speaking of importance in merchandising, um, a lot of companies that I see merchandise wise, and I won't say any names to throw shade here, but (laughs) they uh, obviously just go to buy Jack and you'll be very happy, (laughs) I promise you, uh, because that's what this is about. what I love about you, and this is what we were talking about earlier, and of course, like, John was so sweet about it. He's like, well, I'm not trying to say, like, social media is bad or, like, we understand that. But what I do like about you, and that's why I did the question about, oh, you know, being modest. And I was kidding around. But in all honesty, your website is very... It's very like like visual, very educational. You see exactly what kind of branding, who you work with, all the nine yards, right? Mm -hmm. But what you had mentioned and what I kind of was touching on were that you were like, oh, you know, everybody says you should be the face of buy Jack. And I don't necessarily want that. Like I have three posts I did on my personal page about (laughs) my baby announcement, this cancellation of a party. And what you know, like, and so I guess like, why is that a personal choice for you? When running your company, just to keep it as a branding merchandise and not just be like, "Hello, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me." I, quoting I, Taylor Swift.
0: I can't be bothered. <laughs> no, I think I think as soon as you start something like that, you have to really. And I, I respect other brands that do it, mm-hmm. but it is a full. It's a lifestyle choice. It's yes. like a, everything I do has to emulate the brand. I have to be the brand all the time. Mm-hmm. Am I? I I have this thing was like Bijacks one of the like, the longest things that I've stuck to like in my entire life like of doing like a job just consistently and like sl- and every like no joke. So I met my wife four years ago, and I'm pretty sure twice. Oh, like- oh my gosh! Wait,
1: <laughs> pause. How did you guys meet? What happened? So you uh, came to St. Louis, and then you I came just- to St. Louis. Okay,
0: uh, I was on Bumble. We met, and then we went to a. Uh, we went to the pageant and watched This the is Struts. a good
1: first day. Wait, sorry, what did you see? What? The Struts. They're Struts? A, they're
0: a British band. You'll have heard their music on multiple commercials and I'm stuff. I'm
1: terrible with music and movie quotes, no, so I gotta fine. look it up. Yeah. And okay. the Struts
0: are they're they're like a modern day queen, basically. Okay, yeah. cool. Kind of glam rock and fun and stuff like that so yeah that was our first date was we went to blueberry hill had a drink there and then that was my
1: first date with my fiance by the way i went to blueberry hill as well not to interrupt but i was like oh my gosh no wonder we get along our (laughs) brains were like you know where it's a great first date blueberry hill so don't worry uh
0: the guy that was working for me at the time i was like where do you like go near the pageant Went blueberry hill the drinks are super strong i was like yeah that wasn't what that was i wasn't like uh where can i go to get this date super fucked up
1: it it happened i had that too on mine it was uh, our first date. Jimmy's like he never had a mai tai before. And speaking of strong drinks, so this bartender's like, "Oh, let me make you one." And she's like she was super cute, put the umbrella, and man, I mean, you would have thought that I was like I wasn't planning on this, and neither was he. But you know, things happen. But continue, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: then so, but every year, more than more than once a year, she <laughs> probably sits every three weeks. But I I come up with a new business idea, uh-huh. and it's whether it's. Like I have, I think I have nine different social media handles for different like joke businesses I want to start. Okay. So I have like one that's called the worst truck, but it's W-U-R-S-T and it's a sausage truck. Like <laughs> okay. German worst. Um, what else did I have? The wingmen. I have that social media handle and that was for like a, you would show up and everyone would wear like Top Gun stuff, but you'd be serving chicken wings. And it was like wingman, like full military stuff. So it's like, I have this like branding ideas. I'm like, oh, and this and this and this. And I do all the logo designs. Then my wife's just like, you know, you have a company that's like doing like pretty well. Like, why <laughs> don't you put the energy into that? And I'm like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. So I just have this like, this constant thing of like my buy jacks a brand that I can separate myself from. And mm-hmm. therefore, like, I don't have to be the brand the whole time. And if I want to all of a sudden go like, oh, I'm going to like look at um i've forgotten the guy's name but the guy that runs strange donuts it's like that Ooh. is he is he is Pretty that good. brand and yes. he's like that is him through and through and no matter what he does it links back to strange donuts and it's awesome to see but it's like it must be so exhausting that every minute of your day you're constantly not only are you running your business social media but you're also doing your own personal one which has to emulate the brand and has to be saying the same message and you can never accidentally post something you know it just for me it's I'd rather be focused on the behind the scenes and like getting everything going and have other people you know either be the face of it i don't i don't have that desire to be like front and center and be walking around going yeah i own i, own <laughs> I, by, uh,
1: I am by jack I am if i'm being jack. honest yeah do you work there i
0: am there
1: <laughs> i am the brand
0: <laughs> and it, it's, it's kind of nice sometimes because like the other day i was i was in somewhere and someone came up to me and i had a by jack shirt on and they're like oh do you work for by jack and i was like yep
1: and then you just kept oh i love that i though. wasn't like no
0: that that's me but i I like i like that side of it there's an anonymity to it where you can just you can you can actually get some positive feedback or negative feedback and you can do it that's so like um you're just a blank face at that point Mm. and someone can tell you like oh i didn't like this or that you're like oh good to know i'll let the owner know (laughs) yeah exactly and then you can go away and you like there was one thing that we so on all of our shirts when we first started the So the Bijack logo is, it's like a cursive, the Jack's a cursive thing and the BY is a typewriter font. And the idea was it was like a traveling guy who would always sign like off on the quality of products. So it was a signature. So it was always the bottom right of whatever we were doing, we would put our logo on. And so on the back bottom right of the shirt, like the end of a letter, like we had the signature, like on the back of the shirt. And it wasn't until I don't know we're two and a half years in and someone's like, you do realize that nobody likes that. And I was like, really? And we had this whole conversation. They're like, Oh, it takes away from the brand of the shirt. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, awesome. Good to know. With that moment, we stopped printing on the back of the shirt. Wow. Because it was like, if, if there's a, a large enough, not even a large enough, if there's even a small sector of people that don't like something, it's like, stop doing that because you can then just ostracize yourself. And, yeah, and it's so difficult to get that feedback. Like, I think more so in America than anywhere because everyone's so positive and so like uplifting. On like, oh, we're gonna lift this brand up and blah blah. It's like, can you tell me what what <laughs> we're doing? Can you just be mean? Like, I need people can to you be. just be mean? Yeah, honestly, like that that's...
1: is a really because I'm like I didn't realize in America it was so positive. So this is interesting to hear for sure. Well, I heard
0: <laughs> um, again. I forget his name. I'm terrible with names. But um, the guy that designed the like iPod and the iPhone and stuff was a British. Steve Jobs no no. <laughs> they, like, they what? Actually, no no so steve jobs is obviously the owner of apple
1: yes that's what i was thinking yeah
0: but there's another guy uh i think his name was steve as well anyway he was the designer he was, he was a british guy from newcastle in the uk and he came over to america and he put it perfectly someone said why did you come to america and he said because americans will kindle like an, a flame of imagination Whereas British people will blow it out. So British people will just say to you, oh, I've got this idea for a merchandising brand where we print on demand. And someone would be like, why would you do that?
1: Really? That's the
0: response. Not like, oh, interesting. Tell me more.
1: Yeah. They're just
0: like, that's stupid. Just go and get a job at the sandwich shop. <laughs> it's, it's so brutal. But then like, I feel that in the UK, the people that really battle through that will stick to what whatever they're doing like through and through. In America, you get, everyone's an entrepreneur. Everyone's a start, like a business That starter. is true. Shark you Tank
1: know. is like one of the most viewed shows in America. <laughs> it's true though. They're like, oh, you know, I have the spirit. Now I will say, you know, now that Shark Tank's gotten the explosion that it's got like I watching the old episodes, if anybody's interested in this, it's like the weirdest thing to see because it was very calm. Mm-hmm. People would listen, like Mr. Wonderful Kevin, who's like known to be sure. the he wasn't as severe. Like it was John, if you can imagine it, it was just like this weird round circle. Like somebody would be standing in front of us right now if you're watching uh-huh. on YouTube. And they had like money stacks are yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It was very like, and it was just like, hi, I'm so and so and I have this. And they were like, Absolutely. Yes. But now that I think the popularity everybody and also for TV, they're
0: you've got to build. Like, yeah, you've got to like, build. That. All
1: right, this is terrible. <laughs> Worst, you're dead to me. You're out of here. And then that guy straight up was the inventor of the ring doorbell. So you know like that's so I'm saying I that's why I was surprised when you said that because you know I think for Americans who aren't, you know, used to the British culture. I always, anytime I hear like a British accent, I think a very refined, very like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. So it's interesting. People with a strong you know.
0: undercurrent of hate. Yeah. Like that's it, it's all it's <laughs> all up here. It's like a swan. It's like, oh, look how graceful you are. Just- <laughs> kick the shit into you under the water uh,
1: like uh, that's just it's <laughs> hilarious well I also I so I had the great pleasure of visiting London with mm-hmm. my my mom had never been so when she was in her 50s she was like listen we're going I remember being like in the fourth grade and we went to like all the touristy stuff like we saw Harrods and uh-huh. you know we went we went to Oxford because that's where Harry Potter was filmed so of course like me course. being in the fourth grade I'm like oh I'd love to see <laughs> and of course like you see the Grand Hall which is really where hilariously like where people people like eat lunch or things like that. And you just think of it the way it is in the movie. So I was very fortunate, but I will say one thing about Britain that I really appreciated was I loved all, and I think that's why too, I loved all the pubs Uh that were in there. And like, there was one cool one where we went down, there's like a tiny little, I can't remember the name of it, but we went down the staircase and I had like the classic fish and chips, Uh obviously, but everybody was so nice. They're like, oh, you're American. You know, where are you from? Or like, which part? And of course, like, we're not from the cool places like LA or Or New New York. York. They're like, are you from Texas? Like, do you have like a, (laughs) I'm like, I'm from Ohio, Cincinnati, (laughs) I was like, we just live in a house, and I remember, like, um, the lady we were staying with at the time, my, like, was a friend of a friend, and we stayed with her at her house for a little bit before going downtown in London for a couple of days. She uh, looked at our house, and this is just, like, again, culturally hilarious. She goes, oh, my God, you live in a mansion. (laughs) That's like, it's just, it was like your typical middle cost. I mean, it's not a lovely childhood, not complaining, but it did just make me laugh that like everything is kind of like closer together there. So but well, course, specific, you know.
0: like specifically in London, I was, yeah. my family were over from the UK for Christmas this year yeah. and it was really fascinating talking about like housing prices mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, like, and then they started like looking at like, okay, if I live in London or Edinburgh or whatever else, what do I get? for the equivalent of like a five-bedroomed house in the county yeah in st louis and they're like yeah i get like a shoebox apartment <laughs> where i sleep in the sink like yes! that's it that's what i get but it's also it's london like yes. that and that's what i always try and like i came to st louis like through work and stuff like that and i like genuinely adore the city and that's not like a, a like a hype up of like look how look how much i love the city like It was one of those things that like i lived like i said i lived in new york and edinburgh and london and all this stuff and it was the first time i kind of started to understand the city and then i was like oh now i get when people like oh this is like my forever city yeah and it was more like i grew up in like an arts background so doing like theater and musicals and all that sort of stuff
1: you did
0: yeah yeah well as in wait hold on let me i grew up (laughs) around them not in like i wasn't singing much I don't have have much of a singing voice but I did act I did direct my stepfather was um, a like a film actor my dad was a technical director for festivals my mom was an administrator my godparent. like this
1: makes so much sense now there's a lot yeah there's a
0: lot of like artistic influence that's in there lineage I got um hilariously this weekend just as a massive side story um we were watching Lord of the Rings and Maggie my wife and I were watching it and I was like what was Ian McKellen before he was like in lord of the rings and he was in x-men but he was in like a load of british tv movies and he was big on the like london stage and my mum reminded me that when i was a kid i sat in the royal box in uh the royal albert hall in london which is this massive like round like um uh classical music venue Mm -hmm. and she said oh yeah you sat next to him McKellen, like when you were a kid i was like what? what? And she's like, yeah, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, this person knew that person. I was like, cool. Like, these, my mum, my mom and my dad accidentally name drop all the time. Yeah. And it's hilarious because it's just like, I'm just like, wait, how did, how did I never know that, like, they were the circles that we were in? And it was because similar to St. Louis, like, the art circles, once you're in them, like, mm-hmm. everyone kind of knows everyone. Exactly. Like, specifically if you're in London, like, yeah, London's a bigger place, but there aren't that many people in the classical music scene mm-hmm. like and once you're in it at any side, like you know level you know those circles it's like oh i know this person oh and this person loves this so it's like that yes. was how it was always that side of stuff um but yeah so i grew up in and around that for you know as long as as long as i can remember i've seen and this is like a family joke but i've seen the nutcracker way too many times and i never ever want to see it again yeah <laughs> But then any musical, I'm like, oh, I'm all about it. Like, I went to go and see Les Mis at The Fox here. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, like, that side of stuff. I love kind of seeing... Like being part of that, but I love being behind the scenes. Yeah. So I'm not a uh, front and center, like, oh, I must be an actor. Yeah. So,
1: but you, that's what's really cool though, which is again, we're going to tie this into your merchandising. You know, you have such an appreciation for the city, you have an appreciation for the arts, which is great that now that you're in St. Louis and you have By Jack, you are still kind of carrying that philosophy out in the sense that like, you are still part of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the merchandising aspect of it, and the branding of everything through your business. So I think what a lot of entrepreneurs aspire to, and sometimes they don't, There maybe their idea doesn't get as well received the same way maybe yours did, But what, you know, John is a really great example of is carrying out the mission that he started with and being able to do that during your day job, which, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, even like I'm trying to figure out too with day jobs and stuff what to do. There's... um, there's always kind of that concept of nine to five mm-hmm. clock in clock out. And maybe yeah. there isn't always the creativity aspect. And so I commend you for still carrying out your artistic background and philosophies, and then also adding the business side to it. So congratulations on all Thank your you. endeavors. Yeah. But I think,
0: I mean, that's the, the big side of coming from an arts background is you realize that the belief of like most people in the arts don't have that much money so they don't Mm -hmm. have money to just splurge or merchandise yeah and so therefore like having that mentality of like everything that buy jack does is we're trying to give people another form of like passive income as passive as it can be but like you know you still need to be able to promote it and be on your social media channels and tell people it's there no one's just randomly you know going and finding like random buy jack designs like if i put it up we have to go through and and do all of that side mm-hmm. of stuff and it takes a lot to do it but understanding that we're there there as, like i said uh, a revenue stream rather than like you know someone that you're paying is a big side of it that kind of comes from that like artistic background and knowing how a lot of our arts organizations have existed so yeah it's been it's definitely been fun and it's always that thing of like what's next and where are we going to and how are we building without it being you know we need to be there right now i'm very happy watching what other companies in this town are doing and making sure we're not you know uh we're doing that too sort of thing like you can get into that thing of like like the xfl are coming back and all of a sudden everyone's announcing everything and we're just let's let everyone get over the hype we have our collection and things like that and it's it's been there and it's it's never gone away like in our opinion it was just there and just kind of pottering through and then what's our angle because so many people like the xfl have their official t-shirts and hats and hoodies and stuff. other companies have t-shirts hats hoodies it's like what's our angle on this that we can come in and maybe do something that's just a little bit different and that's what we're we're announcing next week so oh you know, whenever... well, i was gonna say
1: what's casually next but stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see what i was coming from back, jack so you already answered my my last question i appreciate well, that,
0: that yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's like we're we're always looking at redeveloping like i i really never want to get just stagnant and we're just we're just producing t-shirts and things like that like to the point that we're we're about to pull out old machinery and get rid of that and then put in new machinery you know what's new and taking a kind of leap of faith in where the technology is going because if you're not at the front edge of it you're then chasing everyone else that's already had it so that's kind of where we're trying to innovate with of how, what that allows us to offer different people and what like it adds to our like service kind of bow and arrow There we go. To circle back to Robin Hood. There you go. Done.
1: I was, that was (laughs) literally, I was just about to say, I'm like, and um did Robin Hood exist? (laughs) Are John and Robin related? We'll find out, everybody. Well, thank you again for joining us. This was lovely. I know, I think I've kept him for too long, and he actually has to go back to his real job just right behind this wall here. um So, John, before we leave, why don't you tell us? I always joke like with him in the beginning where I'm like, oh, you know, where can we find you? And I, uh, just business-wise for Jack, what? where can people go, like Instagram, the website for
0: apparel? So everything's just Buy Jack. B-Y-J-A-C-K. Um, so it's byjack.com Instagram's at Buy Jack. Facebook, if you use it, and Twitter, a Jack official. Um, but just, yeah, you can just search for Buy Jack. And it, the best way to get in touch with us, if you are interested in starting a store or, you know, you just need one-off t-shirts for you know a family vacation or something like that um just go to buyjack.com go to our contact thing and it'll all come you can talk to us on our chat applet, but it's you're going to be talking to me basically as much as I'm like oh email this person it's just like it's always me
1: (laughs) it's always John it's the Biebs everybody (laughs) Uh, well thank you so much again for joining the Casually Molly podcast stay tuned for more interviews coming up you can always follow at the Casually Molly podcast that is Molly with an I E and you can always subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify YouTube honestly wherever you stream I'll make sure that I make (laughs) make sure that this is accessible for you Uh, thank you again now I always ask where do going to casually do now that our episode is over
0: uh go and now fulfill everything that's been in our store over the weekend what day is it today it is monday right it is monday it's monday yeah so everything that came in over the weekend we'll start fulfilling that and just cleaning up the workshop a bit like i said we're pulling out machinery and doing all that sort of stuff so we'll have fun thank you very much
1: (laughs) sounds good bye everybody thank you